0: Welcome to the Break Your Bullshit Box podcast where excuses aren't tolerated and results are earned through authenticity, vulnerability, and a commitment to excellence. My name is Amber Furman, success architect, attorney, and NLP trainer. If you're ready to bitch slap the bully in your brain, overcome the bullshit that holds you back, and design the life and success you've always wanted, then it's time for you to break your bullshit box and step into designing life and success on your terms. Welcome back to another episode of the Break Your Bullshit Box podcast. I am so excited to bring Lauren St. George to us today. She is a creativity expert and a change facilitator. She helps companies and individuals navigate change, overcome big, hairy challenges, and imagine bold solutions. Lauren is the founder of What's Next, a -a one-of-a-kind, highly engaging program that helps people figure out their best next chapter. Often, this need for change is triggered by a major life event, divorce, grief, empty nester, retirement, or feeling stuck and unsure on what to do next, career, purpose, happiness. At the heart of it, we're all looking to live more fulfilling lives, and Lauren has helped hundreds of people find theirs. During this conversation, we really talked about the difference between coaching and consulting. We talked about some of the challenges that we run into when we are looking to make a change in our life and the dangers that can come along with doing that on your own. And I'm really looking forward to sharing The episode with you. Before we do that, if you are somebody who is ready to really reach that next level in your life, maybe the next level is starting a new business for you, or maybe it's taking your already successful business and making it more successful so that you can have the freedom and the opportunities that you were promised when you became a business owner and an entrepreneur. If you are ready to reach that next level of success and be able to have the personal success and the professional success without feeling like you have to rob Peter to pay Paul in the life and professional categories, then let's sit down and have a conversation. I have a course coming out in the beginning of the year, the Break Your Bullshit Box Academy, and we are currently filling that course, with entrepreneurs and business owners just like you that are ready to reach that next level of success. If you are ready, then go ahead and jump over to successdevelopmentsolutions.com, book a call with me, and let's have a conversation about what it could look like when you really step into your own power. And with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Lauren. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you here
1: thank you. I, I'm really excited to be here too.
0: I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So they heard a little bit about your backstory in the bio, but I want to let the audience get to know you a little bit more as we dig into this content. Um, where are you currently located? I am in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Uh, I've been here for now, uh, Oh, gosh, 20 odd years. So I've been here a while, but lived across the U.S. before that uh, and originally from South Africa.
0: So, yeah, in the bio, they heard that you were South African by birth and American by choice. What was the decision that caused you to decide to move to the United States?
1: Well, in this case, it would be parental. Uh, My, uh, my stepfather at the time had a a job opportunity. uh, And so uh, we, we as a family moved out here. Um, So it was it was it was my family. uh, But obviously, loved it enough that I stayed.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you miss home? Or is this home? I guess is the better question.
1: Um, i mean both are home i think i think wherever you grew up in your formative years is going to continue to be home and my father is still there um i i miss elements of the the country absolutely and and then there's a, you know there's political uh troubles that you know also are concerning so um it's kind of it's uh it's sad uh as well as beautiful at the same time
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to dig straight into so much of the great stuff that you talk about. And I think that the perfect place to really dig into this is by asking you, what's next? What does that mean? Well, that's a a good question. It's both the name of my company, but it's also the question
1: that I try to help businesses and individuals answer. So um, with companies, what's next is often around... Uh, growth which could be um, you know adding in products and services or really looking to to maximize what they have and move forward um, for individuals what's next can be anything from career uh, all the way to you know what does my life look like now after after loss after becoming an empty nester looking towards retirement it's those pivotal moments in your life where you find yourself asking the question what's next
0: yeah, what what is it that makes you th- believe that, or why do you believe that those moments are so pivotal for us? That that I, I agree with you that what's next is such an important question to ask. What made you decide that you wanted to form your company and your entire process from that question?
1: Well, I my background is in uh, creativity. Um, which is really the the human science of how do we solve challenges? And I think that it is those moments in our life, where we're experiencing the most amount of change, uh, is when we ask that question. I mean, I think we've just seen it on a global scale with the pandemic. A lot of people found themselves at home with a lot of extra time on their hands, and I think that that question came up for many people as to what's next. Um, and oftentimes, it's around it's around fulfillment. It's around happiness. It's really you know what, what can I do next to, um, to feel, to feel more purpose, to feel more fulfillment.
0: When, so when you're working in your business, are you focusing mainly with um, individuals, solopreneurs, corporations? Tell us a little bit about what it looks like to work with you.
1: I do, I do both. I, I, as a, as a, most of the consultants I work with, um, I work with corporations in terms of um, everything from, You know again how to how to grow uh around new partnerships those sorts of things um and with individuals um you know i'd say about 50 percent of the people i work with it is around career it's it's a huge thing um and it's we're financially attached to it so it has you know greater significance in our life we also spend a lot of time doing it so if we're not happy um then that's that's definitely uh a time when people are asking that question And so I see people who are trying to go from being in corporate to starting their own businesses. Um, It's it's a really interesting time because um, while it seems on the surface to be an easy transition, it isn't. Um, You know, people within corporate are, are are used to being part of a much bigger team their roles are more focused and when you start to think about creating your own company you no longer have you know necessarily the same resources the team and all of that around you so you find yourself wearing um a lot more hats and so I, I certainly work with people to figure out what's the best way to transition from one to the next um because i i, I i'm pro calculated risk but certainly not just throwing everything to the wind and, and hoping for the best so um you know that—that's how I, I often find myself working with individuals.
0: Yeah, I think that that um, statement pro-calculated risk is so important because often we find that people are so risk adverse that they aren't willing to put themselves out there to do what needs to be done. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the people that will throw caution to the wind and it seems like their business partner or their significant other is doing everything that they can to hold them grounded so they don't fly away. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you really start to walk that line um, between taking calculated risks and knowing what risks are calculated because we are the ones doing the calculation and we never actually see things the way they are?
1: it's a darn good question i mean i think you first have to figure out where people are at and then and then and then as a as a coach just you know sort of work with them to to understand where you're pushing them um and and kind of how much you can push before you're going to hit a, hit uh resistance um and then you gauge somewhere in between in terms of what's a healthy amount of of, of risk and change um you know i i personally like to have um to be as creative as possible and think of things from every angle, but then to have a very concrete plan as to how you're gonna put that in place. And so if you can work yourself out of your job and work your way into the next thing, um, I think that's the level of of risk that people are, you know, often most okay with. Um, But we also have to address mindset things. I was just having a a conversation today with someone that I was on a a, a sort of a once in a lifetime trip to, to Necker Island and we got to meet um, Richard Branson and, and certainly he has had within his life he's certainly had a, a lot of risk and he's done very well um, I think his opinion was you know to try 10 things and, and at least get one thing right and, and you know that's a much higher uh, level of risk that I think most of us are willing to take so I think you've got to you've got to understand where people are and then and then push them you know a bit beyond that but certainly you can't push people too far you know you're, you're um, you're going to make it too uncomfortable and then people aren't going to do it, right? They're not going to make that change.
0: Right. Yeah. We can can talk until we're blue in our face, but if they're not comfortable with the amount of risk, then it's a completely different conversation. So Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you there. I get a little burned out when um, I'm thinking about the coaching space because it's becoming so saturated with the word coach has taken on such a different meaning and it means something different to every single person. And, you know, I come from the legal background of the legal industry where it's very similar. You know, you, you say you're an attorney and all of a sudden people start putting their own, um, spin on what it is that you might know. And they think that, you know, everything about the law. And I think that one of the things that is, um, wildly missing from, our industry is kind of the niche down of, of what it actually means to be a coach. So I like in your um, bio where you described yourself as a coach and consultant. So I want to start with what do you think the difference is between those two? Because I think there's a huge difference and I don't think anybody talks about it enough.
1: So to me on the consultant side, it really is you're, you're coming in um, and you're relying on your experience and your background to really come in with a point of view um and so when i work with businesses and i'm there as a consultant it's certainly i'm there to listen um and and to learn but at the end of the day i'm creating a strategic document that's going to help them move forward as a coach i'm there to listen um i'm i'm there to be a sounding board but i'm not answering the questions um, and so it's, it's about asking provocative questions. It's about trying to peel back the layers, but I think in, in coaching, it's really, you're there, you there is a as sort of a guidance sounding board, but it's not on you to come up with the, with the solution. It's really helping your clients to get to a point of feeling confident that, you know, that they have um, the solution. And I believe that for any individual of the time that answer is within, it's helping people to access it and get it out.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And it's interesting because I had um, had somebody reach out and they're like, somebody told me that you're a really good business coach. I need somebody to create SOPs for my business. Can you do that? I'm like, I would rather have all four of my wisdom teeth pulled without any Novocaine. Um, That sounds <laughs> horrible. And that is not what a business coach does at all. And I had to go into the description. And I, I just don't, it's interesting when we really start digging into, like, you need a consultant for this. You need somebody to come in and, and overhaul your policies and procedures. Um, whenever anybody looks at me and says, my coach told me to do this, I'm like, then they're not a coach. They're telling you to do things instead of asking questions. Um, so I love that answer. When you're working with people and you're in this um, what's next mentality, one of the things that has always fascinated me is the correlation between our constant desire to do bigger and better things along with the need to be aware and grateful of what it is that we've already accomplished. So how do you work with your clients to avoid the constant um, next accomplishment syndrome that often comes along with setting goals and just asking what's next?
1: You know, I don't think you can get away from the 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 goalposts changing. Um, it's kind of we're programmed that way that we set a goal, we achieve it, and then and then we we're on to the next thing. I think the important piece of what you said is um, is trying to ground people in the present. We do spend a lot of time thinking about the past or the future, um, and so I certainly do work with people to think about where are you currently today and being grateful for what you do have. Um, as well as being grateful for the the journey you're on to get to whatever that goal is, because like you said, those goal the goalposts are gonna change. Um, hopefully you can you can help people to celebrate that they actually hit that goal before they decide to change the goalposts. But that is within us, it is human nature. I, I don't know if it's something you can necessarily stop, but I think you need to certainly ground people in the present, help them to try and stay in the present as much as possible, and to do that. I think it's also it's it's how you it's how you help them plan that journey so that they're celebrating the small wins along the way they're tracking the progress so that they can see that things are changing because you're going to hit plateaus you're going to take steps backwards sometimes um and and you don't want people to get discouraged because for me i think motivation and momentum are the two things that i try to focus on the most with with individuals because it's not. It's not always a straight, straightforward road to wherever you're trying to get to, um, and it's easy to hit hit an obstacle, hit a wall, um, and for that to push you backwards, or for people to completely give up. Um, and so I think, I think again, that's the mindset piece of of really um, trying to help people understand the sort of things that you can do along the way um, to keep yourself motivated to try and keep that momentum, um, because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to be consistency. Um, that's going to get you to where you want to get to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so your background, uh, the um, variety of what it is that you have been able to do in your career is really interesting. What was it that made you decide to focus on and settle in on coaching for the time being?
1: You know, I um I've had a sort of a central thread through everything I've done, which is, which is creativity. Uh, so my, my background, I, I started off in, um, in marketing. I ran a creative agency for a number of years. Um, I, I was working with a client with an internal team for a, a big corporation, and, and they did a lot of work around problem-solving um and design thinking and became that became really interesting to me so that led me down the the road of getting my masters in that area so uh, you know i'm not a traditional coach in in that sense um i do say i'm a change facilitator um and and that to me is really is is the sort of differentiation is that i work with people who really want to make that a change in their life Um, and i use sort of non-traditional ways to help get them down the road of of figuring that out, and that's really based upon sort of the brain science of of, of how people make decisions, how people come up with ideas, um, and how you plan that way forward. So, you know, I think it was it was a culmination of the things that I've done in my career thus far that, that got me to a place of, of of thinking about how can I help individuals, businesses. The work that I do can take can take years before you ever see the <laughs> the, the fruits of your labor. When I work one-on-one with someone, or, or even in a group coaching situation, I see change happen very quickly. Um, and that to me is rewarding and it's rewarding for them because they're, they're seeing something you know, change very quickly. Um, and so that's, that's just kind of what led me to coaching is, is uh, the ability to, to make change happen faster.
0: What do you think it is that's the difference between the business and the personal setting that causes the business to make changes slower?
1: i think for businesses it's slower because you it's 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 like you're navigating on the on the titanic i mean you you'd start to make changes. it takes a lot longer for the boat to shift direction um you, you've got to you've got to get a lot more people on board with the direction um, you've got a lot more pieces of the company that you've got to think through. What are the implications from an operations standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, blah, blah, blah. So there's definitely, it takes longer just because there's more components and people involved in, in making that change. When it's your own life, you know, it's yourself, it's probably, you know, you might have a partner or family that you've, you've got to get on board, um, and then you've got to make the change happen. So I think there's a lot fewer pieces and components in place to, to make that change. Um, however, it can still take people years to make the change that they've been thinking about um, and that's that's largely out of fear um, so. I'm not sure. Sometimes I think companies might change faster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely depends. And, and it's interesting because companies are, you know, for every decision that needs to be made, if the company has more than one decision maker in it, you got to get those decisions to align, which is sometimes like herding cats. So um, I definitely, I definitely get that. Um, one of the things that fascinates me about what we get to do is, the threshold at which we are willing to acknowledge that something needs to change. And that's different for every single person. But I think one of the biggest challenges that we face is for most people that runway between convincing them that something needs to change and then helping them plan so that the right thing changes is so small how do you approach the need to make sure that people acknowledge that change needs to happen and avoid blowing up their life in the wrong places to make the change at the same time
1: i think largely people aren't looking for me unless they're ready to make a change right so i i have uh i certainly have plenty of people on my newsletter list and i have plenty of people within linkedin that are following me but i know they're kind of there on the outskirts um, I think it takes some kind of um, experience that kind of triggers it. I think you have to get to a point of really feeling sick, feeling the way that you feel to, to, to make that change um, and, or to at least acknowledge that you're ready to make a change. And that's typically when people come into my life. Um, I, I don't believe in, in, in trying you know, to convince someone that they need to make a change in their life. Again, I'm very much about, about motivation and momentum, and, and I can't force someone to change. So you know, I, I, I find that people reach out to me when they've had enough, uh, and often they don't know what they want to do next. So my group coaching program for a lot of people starts at that point of, I want to make a change, but I don't know what I want to do. Um, I'm feeling stuck, I'm unsure, I'm unclear, and I'm like, great. I got something for you. Um, so I think, I think for people it's, it's getting to some kind of a tipping point, at least the ones that engage, engage with me, um, which is helpful because then we can, we can get going, right. We can, we can start to, um, put the pieces in place.
0: Yeah. So what advice do you have for people for when they hit that tipping point to have the patience, to make sure that their things that they're changing are the things that actually need to change?
1: Well, I mean, this is not a self-serving answer, but I do think it, it comes to a point where you actually need to work with someone because mm-hmm. um, you need you need someone. Uh, it, it could be a coach, it could be someone else in your life who can who can act as that sounding board for you um, and can actually ask the questions that might get you to a different kind of answer. So, for me, when I start working with people, I think it's important to kind of look at the totality of their life and to say wh- where is. Where is the discomfort? Where's the rub? And, and what part of your life are you feeling it? Because I think oftentimes people will come into my program thinking that this is one area that they want to address. Uh, and after the first couple of weeks, we might find that they're addressing a very different part of their life. So I think you have to, I think you have to first take that step back um, and reacquaint yourself with yourself um, because we, we take on a lot of things from the people Uh, around us, from our jobs, from our spouses, from our family, we take on those responsibilities and we often forget about what's important to us. So when you're feeling that discomfort, when you're ready to make a change, I think you've got to figure out, you know, is where you think it is really the right place?
0: And what's the biggest piece of advice that you have for somebody for where they would start if they're sitting with that? Like what's, what, what, When they're sitting saying, am I doing the right things? Because so many, we all know, let me, let me give you an example. We all know the person that's been like, my career can't possibly be the problem because I worked so hard to get here. So it must be my relationship. So I'm going to blow up my marriage. I'm going to be single for a little bit. And then they're still unhappy. And then they're like, okay, well, it must be where I live. So now they sell their house and they move. And now they're on they're single and they're homeless. And then they they go through all of these different areas before they acknowledge that maybe they're the common denominator and they need to actually have a conversation about what it is that they're actually unhappy about. I and mean, when we do our trainings. We have people that remarry their ex-spouses because they realize that the ex-spouse wasn't the problem in the first place, that there was something internally with them that was unhappy. So how do we start to combat the need to make so many changes at once and to internally reflect before they blow up their life?
1: So usually when I'm working with someone, I, 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 like to talk about the fact that we're, we're going to, we're going to take on one thing at a time. So we're not going to blow up your entire life. Um, so I, again, I think it's about where are we going to focus today? And what's, what's the big question that we're trying to answer. Um, and we spend a lot of time getting clear on what that question is before we go off, trying to figure out how to solve for it. So I, I think you need to take, again, I think you need to take a 360. Look at your life. Is, is it my career? And why would you think it's your career, right? And what is it about your career that may be making you unhappy? What is about your spouse? Um, I think you've got to dig into each of those areas. Um, where are you putting your energy right now versus where do you think you actually need to be putting your energy? So I think it's, it's again, it's a, it's peeling back those layers and then it's choosing an area to focus on because no one can actually, there's very statistically we found not many people can multitask. So. I think you've got to be, you know, you've got to be focused on that one piece of your life first. Um, but to your example, I think at the end of the day, we take ourselves wherever we go, and so, you know, yeah, I think you've got to be cautious of, uh, you know, blowing up the career and getting getting rid of the spouse, and because you're taking yourself with you. So, um, but yeah, I think you you've got to ask those questions, and I think you've got to look at the totality of your life, and then choose that area that you want to focus on first.
0: Yeah. One of, um, one of the things that I know so many of us have been programmed to believe is that, um, either it it shows up differently for different people, either, um, asking for help is weakness or I can do it myself. So how do, um, If you could give one piece of advice to those people who think that either they can't ask for help or they don't need to ask for help in what they're doing, what would that be?
1: I think if you keep asking the same question, you're going to keep getting the same result. And when you really want to make a change in your life, I think you've got to look at it from a different angle. It's very hard for us to look at our lives from a different angle if we don't have someone to reflect it back to us. Um, and so I think, I think that's my advice is, is yes, you could probably make the change on your own. You're probably going to stumble along the way. You're not going to get there necessarily as quickly as you want to get there, but you can, I mean, you can, you can do it on your own. I think that getting support, um, getting people who are, who are, are trained in helping you get there, um, at the very least people within your life who can ask you, you know, some questions that are going to help you think differently. Cause at the end of the day, it's about to me it's about disruptive thinking it's about coming at it from an angle that you haven't because if 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 you had if you could do it on your own you would have solved it by now um and yeah. so i think you you've, you've, you've got to have that um but at the same point if you're not working with a coach and you're doing you're using people within your life to do that i think you've got to be very circumspect about who do you choose because what you don't want is to have, you know, a new idea, something you're really excited about and shared with the wrong person. Who's going to kill that idea before you ever get out the, the gate. So I think you've got to be very careful about, you know, who you do go to with that, with, with those. Yeah. Ideas.
0: That's my favorite thing that people tell me is I don't need a coach. I'm really close to my mom. I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> Let's see how that goes for you. Right. Cause sometimes the people that are closest to you are the people that are the least capable of, of supporting you because we've either gotten numb to their advice and we no longer listen to it, or they live in the same box that we live in and they aren't capable of, of seeing those things differently, like you said. So I love, I love that advice that you gave. What are you most excited for? What's coming up for you in your business life over the next three, four, five years? Where, where do you see yourself and what excites you about that?
1: Um, you know, my my next foray, I think, is going to be in, into the the speaking world. Um, there's really some areas around around change and creativity that that I really would love to share with people. Um, so that for me is kind of the next the next uh, frontier of of getting out there and 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 sharing sharing the message. But um, continuing to go, what's next? Because I think you know it's it's a universal question. So uh, I certainly want to get out there and help more people
0: yeah in the world of change and creativity if you could share one message with people what would that be
1: i think that you know that there are some principles that that underpin creativity which are honestly if we can if we can live them and embody them ourselves we're much better at riding the 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 change that happens in our lives um and some of those things revolve around you know uh, one of them is is collaboration and co-creation i don't think that you can really and, and we see this in companies that you can't make change happen unless you've got a group of people who really buy into it for your own life we just talked about that support system that really can help you um to make the change um and and do it um do it in a way that's that that is authentic and and you haven't um you know, drank the Kool-Aid. They actually get you the, to the change. Um, some of the other things are, are certainly around uh, having more of a yes, a yes and mindset, which comes out of the improv world. Um, but you know, it's it's about listening to yourself. And when when change, when new ideas are coming your way, instead of instead of saying no to things, uh, which we're very good at doing, that we actually say yes and we build upon that idea. Um, which is which is you know really about understanding that internal voice within your head. So um, those are some of the things that I think are 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 key to to creativity. And and when we can live in a world of you know being okay in ambiguity and and being okay with with trying to figure things out and not just sticking to the traditional patterns and the places we feel comfortable is when we're going to see growth happen.
0: What do you think is the biggest? Um, misconception that business owners get wrong about creativity?
1: I mean, I think the the first thing is that a lot of people equate creativity with autistic ability. And so when you ask people if they believe they're creative, they'll say no, because I can't draw. Um, and, and that's not it. Um, you know, creativity is really ability to, to solve problems, which we all can do. Um, we do it every day, but it, it's a muscle that I think that there are ways that you can, you can learn to to train it and to become better problem solvers. So I think that's, you know, I think it's first understanding what creativity really means.
0: So if somebody is listening to this and they just laughed internally because they're like, I'm not creative, where's the first place that you think that they should start to start to understand how creative they actually are?
1: Well, we talk about things, we talk about it as being like little C creativity, big C creativity. So little C creativity would be um, the things we do on a daily basis, everything from, uh, you know, opening up the pantry because you got to cook dinner and and half the things you, you need are not there, so you make a new meal. That is creativity—the ability to take things, to, things that don't ordinarily go together or that you haven't thought of putting together before, and creating a meal out of it. You're, you're doing creative problem solving right there. When your friends come to you with a with a problem and you're immediately are thinking about you know solutions, that is creativity. You're trying to solve the challenge that's at hand so we're all we're all creative where big c creativity comes in is when you're when you're in uh sort of a creative innovative space when you're looking at business when you're when you're trying to solve those bigger challenges in life um and you need to use more of a a framework or a methodology to get you get you from a to b is when you're probably more in that big c creativity um but there's ways that you know we can we can build that muscle on our You know, take a different take a different route to work or to the store every day. You're gonna see different things along the way, and those are gonna tr- trigger different thoughts. Try brushing your teeth with your other hand. You're you're just changing small things in within your life will help you be more creative.
0: That's um really really good advice. So if you had one thing that you could say to anybody who was listening that was either stuck in their current business. Trying to reach that next level, one piece of advice that you would love to impart on them: What is it that you think everybody in the world should know?
1: I think it's about consistency. I don't don't give up. Um, you you have seen there's there's many examples of it out in the world where you know where we've gone. Oh, well, Samuel L. Jackson came out of nowhere and now he's a mega star. He didn't. He built a career over decades before he got to that point. We we are used to seeing these examples where we think that people have just hit success by, by not working hard to get there. So I, I honestly believe it's about consistency um, and finding ways to keep yourself motivated along that path, because there will be times when you plateau. Um, but yeah, stick with it because you will get there.
0: Yeah. I I love that advice because the idea, I connect with a lot of songwriters. I love songwriters. I love people in the the arts um, of all forms. And the biggest, most frustrating word for them is the overnight success word. And we see it because we're like, oh, I didn't know you yesterday. And now I know you today. So you must be an overnight success. And they're like, yeah, the last 25 years of my life Mm -hmm. has been been Mm -hmm. getting you to know me. So I absolutely love that. Lauren, it's been so great to have you on. I'm super excited um, to be able to share your message with the audience. And if they want to continue this conversation and learn more about you, what's the best way for them to connect? so my website is
1: answerwhatsnext.com what's com, and uh on there you can you can find me you can schedule a call uh you can sign up for my for my weekly newsletter uh within it there's uh lots of tools and things to inspire you to keep going
0: perfect i'm looking forward to sharing that thank you so much for coming on i appreciate your time
1: thank you